Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another great super cool radio interview. I'm your host, as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have an incredible guest joining me at this time. He has been the drummer for Fu Manchu since 2002, and on September 29th, he released his own solo album entitled Lights Out on the Shore under the name Jacket Thief. Please welcome Scott Reader. <laughs> That's the, that's my theme music. I worked it up. <laughs> oh, no, right on, right on. I like it. I like it. All right. <laughs> well, it's awesome to have you on, on the show. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Yeah, man, no problem. Good. good so I know good we got morning. quite a bit to discuss. Obviously, you have the, uh, the new album that we're going to talk about. But before we get to talking about Jagged Thief, a question yeah. for you that I've been asking my guests this season um, if you could have dinner with any two musicians through history, living or deceased, who would they be? Mm, mm, hmm. That's a heavy one. Uh, obviously, uh, I would probably have to choose uh, John Bonham to, to, for the drummer side. And I'd like to say Eddie Van Halen, uh, but I, for some reason, I don't think him and John Bonham would get along. So I'll say Bruce Dickinson, because I think they would. I think they'd be an interesting dichotomy. One guy that's like, you know, very, uh, very educated and blah blah blah. Not that Bonham wasn't educated, but uh, he's more of a country man, or so I, so I've read. <laughs> so. I think those two, I think they could sink a few pints between them. <laughs> Keep me entertained. That would be, be a very interesting dinner. Uh, two, two great picks, two legendary musicians, obviously. And I think that would be a fun dinner, to say the least. Yeah, two Englishmen. Now, as a, uh, as a fairness to uh, my own land that I live in, I think I should pick an American version. So I would say... Uh, Eddie and Alex. Nice, nice. Together. I, uh, I, yeah. I like you went British uh, side and American side as well. Yeah, only because like I'm sure that I wouldn't have to do much talking if Ed and Alex were there because they'd probably just crack each other up the entire time and make fun of me, which would be great. So <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a fantastic dinner. Yeah, yeah. fantastic time, man. Fantastic. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so now, obviously, uh, a huge reason I am chatting with you now. So you released uh, a new solo album, Lights Out on the Sh on the Shore, uh, under the name Jacket Thief. So before we start talking about the album, so how did Jacket Thief you know come together? Uh, the the project itself was uh, just some songs that I had been kind of working on for quite some time, and just ideas and things that I had and. Uh, and I kind of just found myself with a bunch of time and I think I was ready. I had all the demos together and, uh, <clears throat> and so I was like, well, now's the time I better do it now. Uh, and I didn't even really know if it would turn into a record. I was like, you know, maybe I'll do three or four songs and just kind of see, you know, where they go. Um, 
and having never done anything, I demoed everything myself, uh, except for the guitars, which I would send the demos to Bob, kind of like we do with the Sun and Sail stuff. Uh, and uh, sometimes with Fu Manchu stuff, you know, he'll just have a bunch of riffs and he'll be like, hey, play some beats on this. So we send stuff back and forth. And so um, I demoed the songs and I was like, hey, you know, this is kind of, you know, it's not really uh, the stuff that we normally do, but would you play on it? And Bob likes all kinds of music. I mean, he loves, uh, you know, everything from jazz cabbage to uh, <laughs> David Gilmore to Circle Jerks, you know, so he's, you know, his influences are about as uh, wide as mine are. Um, so, yeah, so he did great stuff. And then I went to uh, Ryan Mall and uh, checked out his studio. I had some friends that had actually had done records uh, there at the studio. And it's basically just a, his garage in his backyard. But I mean, he works in and out of different studios, you know, in LA and stuff when he's working on bigger projects uh, and just all over the place. Um, sorry, my dog sees horses. It freaks her out. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Not in, not in uh, and she, it's funny because she like, she'll see a horse in real life and won't do anything, but then she sees one on TV and it, and it gets crazy. Hey, hey. So, so only on the TV? Yeah, yeah. She barks at horses on the television. She's got this weird thing where, like, she can sense, a, a, like, let's say you're watching, you know, Goodfellas, and, like, the main heavy of the of the scene walks in the room. She'll be like, ooh, doing this. So she's just got this weird, it's a dog thing, right? Okay. So, yeah, so that's, we, so we did a couple songs, and uh, it turned out really good. And then I was like, well, damn, I have, you know, all these other songs and I played in the demos and he's like, yeah, let's do it. So we just did Saturdays when we could, um, because he was busy. Uh, Fu Manchu was still recording our, uh, 10 inches, you know, that we were doing with the three song stuff. So we were going in the studio, we'd finish one, we'd work on the next batch of songs. We'd finish that and we'd work on the next batch of songs and finish that. So in between all that time, I was, you know, doing that and doing whatever else I do. <laughs> So how long, like, from starting the project did, like, then, like, completion of the album? Um, it was actually, like, well, I started it 2021 at the beginning, and I finished it. Uh, I mean, it was mastered uh, at the beginning of this year. So, uh, but, but I, if I had done a straight line of, you know, just going in and doing it, it would have took me two weeks but we did it in like 14 mm -hmm. sessions, you know, but we would do a song a day basically, you know, so we did, you know, 12 sessions, 12 songs. A couple of them were instrumentals. Actually the first song on the record flying too low, that was an instrumental too. And I just came up with lyrics for that uh, kind of at the last minute because I couldn't figure out the running order of the record. It didn't sound right with two instrumentals. And then um, I went back and, you know, I had, t I had it titled anyways that, and then I just kind of wrote the lyrics around the title and it seemed to make sense. Uh, so yeah, we did like 12 sessions and then I think we did a couple of days maybe for overdubs and just kind of vocal fixes and stuff. But yeah, it was basically a song, a session. Oh, right on, right on. So like, yeah. was it like a different experience like recording that way compared to like other um, bands and, and uh, projects you've been a part of? Yeah, I mean, I'd never done it all myself, so... I mean, I'd never, other other than making the demos or just doing ideas that I've had on my own before, uh, I didn't, you know, 
I did not have any experience uh, playing all instruments, singing everything. Uh, you know, I've sang background and uh, I've sang a couple of songs. I think I did some stuff on the Sun and Sail record with Tony, just kind of trading off some stuff, but nothing lead and definitely nothing that was like, you know, harmony based. And a lot of that stuff was really Ryan kind of going, you know, we could do a third part there and it would sound kind of cool. And uh, not knowing if I, uh, you know, could do a high harmony or something like that. But, you know, he made it really comfortable, especially, I mean, vocals are probably, I would, I would think for most people, unless you're a singer and you do it all the time and you're comfortable with it, um, it's, the, it's the hardest part, really, because you got to, you know, you really got to emote in some way, but also make yourself feel comfortable. And, you know, so the way he did it, was really cool and uh he just you know uh it wasn't like the normal thing where like you're doing a vocal and the engineer is kind of looking at you and you're <laughs> you know like, ah! you know is back turned and he had a, he set up a, a sennheiser mic uh with no pop shield on it and i just kind of sang I, I sing in a cover band too sometimes and so i was used to that and so i was able to kind of like sing and use you know not have to just do this with my headphones but sing listen use my body for breathing and really kind of get up into ranges that I, you know, sometimes can get up into, but not very easily. <laughs> <laughs> no, I gotcha for sure. Um, so like, was there like a learning, like you said, you're doing like, you know, the instruments and singing, was this like, was there like any kind of learning curve, you know, with a uh, jacket thief? Um, I mean, everything is, every time you go in the studio, you got, you got to learn something. You know, it's weird. It's like you, there's things that you, you do every time you go in that you find yourself doing that you forget that you did before. You're like, oh, that's right. We have to do this too, you know? Um, but then, you know, there's always got to be new things that you're attuned to, you know? And so especially fooling with effects, you know, uh, Brad Davis, our bass player uh, in Fu Manchu, he builds these uh, great effects pedals uh, called Creepy Fingers and they're fuzz pedals, um, you know, sugar boost pedals and things like that. And he built a specific pedal uh, around the time of this record called the Blue Mood, which was a uh, sort of a replica of, if you're familiar with the Moody Blues, Justin Hayward's uh, guitar fuzz sound that he used to get in the 70s was like a Marshall Super Lead. Uh, or Marshall Super What, I think that's what it's called. Brad would know. But anyways, it wasn't really a pedal. He would just overdrive the amp. And so you'd have these kind of lush songs. And then he'd come in and he'd do these harmony or harmonies, <laughs> harmonies. I told you I'm not awake. And uh, I just made a new word. Um, and he'd do these harmonies with his guitar and they'd be super fuzzed and like, you know, almost sounding like bumblebee kind of stuff. So Brad made this pedal. And so it was definitely something that, you know, I wanted to use on the record. Um, it's, it's on, uh, it's on daylight apparitions. It's the, the guitar harmony parts that are on the end of, uh, as she drifts, those are all done with that pedal and anything that I could play that I could use it on, I would do, but Bob did most of the leads. And, uh, so, I mean, I had never recorded guitar parts for anything ever, you know, so to have to do all the rhythm guitars, and, you know, we did stuff where we layered rhythm guitars. There's some stuff where there's acoustics and guitars together. 
um, just kind of making it sound really full, you know, because it's one guy. <laughs> so if I if I ever play shows, I'm going to be screwed because I have to hire like five people to do all this shit. <laughs> but I guess that's that's what pedals are for. So yeah, it was definitely a learning experience. I don't play bass, so you know, I had to I had to learn the bass parts. Um, and you know, I mean, it's like I play drums primarily. I play a lot of guitar around the house. I have guitars sitting around from acoustics to electrics and stuff. Uh, I sing, uh, and bass is like a fourth instrument, you know? So it's actually probably even a fifth because I used to play piano when I was a kid and screw around with that. So, I mean, I can sit down and kind of like map out chords and stuff. And, uh, but bass is like a friggin', you know, it's a strange animal, but great, great respect to the, to the people, you know, that I've been in bands with that can, that know the instrument and can hear it. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, big learning experience for all that stuff. That's really interesting. You had to learn like, you know, uh, how to play the bass for, you can, you know, obviously play on, on this album. So I, yeah, it just, it's just so cool. And again, like what you said, uh, just, uh, you have to learn everything, you know, you have to learn new stuff when you go into the studio and you, you definitely did with this album. Yeah, I mean, I demoed, like I said, everything was demoed, so the bass parts were already kind of there, but I had to go back and listen to the demos because I didn't know what I played. Uh, and I really just tried to keep foundation, you know, because some of these songs are in open tunings, and uh, they're not standard tunings, so, you know, I think the, if you kind of stay within a lower register on the bass, it actually suits it pretty well. But, you know, I did find myself playing stuff, you know, high up the neck, and Ryan would kind of guide me and go like, you know, maybe try something up there because we have the lower stuff taken care of with the, you know, the rhythm guitars. So it's, it was super uh, educational. I mean, it's, anybody wants to take a crash course and, you know, I mean that, that it turned out the way it did. I, uh, it's funny because I was listening uh, to a couple of songs that I had demoed maybe three or four years ago that I didn't record for this. They were just ideas. And I did the same thing where like I played everything. Uh, I think my friend Michael Rosas, who co-wrote a couple songs on this, he maybe played some bass on it. And I was listening to those two songs the other day and seeing if they were any good. I'm like, wow, these songs are actually pretty good still. But then I was like, I remember when I did them, I listened back to the tracks and I was just, I hated everything. I was like, I hate my voice. I hate, you know, and it's just, I think everybody's like super critical of their own stuff. Um, and you're your own worst critic, of course. And I was, and I remember thinking at the time, I'm like, how the hell am I ever going to do a record if I don't like any of this stuff? <laughs> and then here we are. So, you know. <laughs> no, I totally feel it. And I like, sometimes I'll watch back like some of my old interviews and go, man, that's just horrible. I didn't do a good job with that. But then, like, after a while, you kind of get used to it and you kind of progress from there. And you're like, oh, okay, that was better and that one's better. But, yeah, I, dude, I totally feel you about being self-critical. Like, I think I'm I'm the worst, you know, on myself uh, yeah. just because I know me. Yeah. Well, the good thing is is that, you know, I, I have enough people around me that are actually ridiculously talented and good at what they do. And so, you know, I would send them demos of songs and go, like, you know, is this a song? I mean, my goal really with this, and I think just going forward is whatever, you know, I would do in a project like this, I would want to be able to sit in a room with a guitar and actually play you the songs and have them be songs. Because I would like, you know, obviously if somebody else hears them to go like, oh, I'd like to do that song, 
you know, if they like them, you know, but there has to be a song. It can't just be a bunch of noise and, you know, loops and effects and stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Cause I love noise and loops and effects. And, you know, I mean, obviously like I'm in a noisy rock band. So that's true. That is true. Now I do got a, one more thing about Jagged Leaf. Then I do got a few other questions to work mm-hmm. in as well, but so I'm curious. So like, what's the plans uh, for Jagged Leaf going forward? Will we hear new music? Will there be live shows? Like you know, any plans at this time for Jagged Thief? I am, uh, I'm just starting to think about live shows. I think I would like to have a bit more material before doing that. And I'm actually working on some new ideas for stuff right now. I've got about, I mean, I've got a ton of ideas, but I mean, stuff that's maybe about, you know, five or six things that I, that I like so far. So that's a good starting point and I just have to kind of flesh those out. So yeah, I mean, I would like to, uh, I would like to do that. There might be, you know, a couple of remixes of some things by different people that I'm kind of talking to. Uh, and as far as, you know, yeah, live shows, I'm not sure yet. I just, uh, you know, I don't want to get up there with a guitar and a pedal and do a bunch of stuff. I want to actually like try and, you know, play the stuff. But if I do that, it would be, you know, definitely just for fun. I'm not going to go out there and try and tour or anything like that. It's that's kind of ridiculous at this point. But yeah, I mean, it's really just a vehicle to keep writing songs and to not really uh, because there's different styles on the record. I think I just wanted to set a precedent that there's no uh, there's no really set genre for it you know so i could whatever i you know whatever i come up with if i think it kind of fits the mold i'll put it in there you know but it's definitely yeah it's going to be a vehicle for me to hopefully write with other people um and do songs that are just you know different than the normal thing that i do because <laughs> i get i get my hard and heavy and my fuzzy from there and i'm, I'm happy with that i love it of course you know Oh no, for sure. I totally got it. you. Know, I I was really digging the album just because of how you know uh, how diverse you know the album is. Like you have some like fuzz rock in there. You got some acoustic. You got an instrumental. You you very it was very diverse with the 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 genre of the music, and um, I was really digging it. That's great. Yeah, and I and and I I wanted it. You know, again, it's kind of like I mean, I'm. I am from and still in that mindset of, you know, an album has to be an album. It has to have a flow. It has to have a, you know, and it actually turned out in a way kind of cinematic, you know? And uh, if you listen to the whole thing, there's definitely like a, um, you know, it's got, it's got cohesiveness, which is important, I think. Oh no, it, it definitely, it definitely does. And it is important for the album. Cause like when I listened to it, I was like, well, that feels complete. You know, like when you listen yeah. to it, I, I like it has that feeling to it. And that's what I really liked about it. Yeah. I mean, and I think that a lot of people that are into vinyl and into stuff like that, I mean, it, you know, if you if you are in tune with what that, you know, the art form is actually, you know, the artist, the artist always pays. <laughs> uh, that's I'm an artist. I paint, I paint houses. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the, uh, you know, it's like <laughs> the second song on side two has to be a certain song you know the first song on side two has to be a certain song you know you could either have you know four songs on side two where the first one is a super long one you know there's been albums like that uh the last song uh you know depending on what it is you know it can be very important or it could just be like a throwaway you know but it's all it's it's a finale you have to have a finale of some sort that is the last good you know 
uh, and that, you know, it's like that song, um, was definitely like, as she drifts, I really wanted that to just kind of expand and float out and, you know, use the imagery of, of the lyrics as repeating as something is just kind of like receding from you, you know? So we were thinking when we were doing that stuff of, you know, visually, what is this, you know, do we, does it represent something? And so there was, there's quite a bit of thought going into it. And I'm, I'm happy that people have said they like the lyrics. They like that kind of stuff, because I think it just means that they can tell that, um, you know, that stuff was paid attention to. So for you, do you have a favorite song off the album? Um, I think my favorite song would probably be, uh, I like furs and fires a lot. Um, uh, just because it's, uh, you know, I don't know. It just, it came out the best. The, uh, you know, the three-part harmony thing. I love the bridge in that song and where it goes. Um, I'd really like to play that song live and just kind of stretch it, you know, at the end. Um, I love that, that repeating sort of triplet thing that Bob does on the guitar. Um, for the harder ones, I mean, I, I really like, uh, I like Stitch in Time. I like, I've always liked the title track just because I love the tuning that it's in. It's in this weird dad fact tuning. So it just kind of like, strum and drone you know and uh so i think those those three probably are, are my favorite you know i don't know my my favorite off was definitely the title track i it was cool like i came home from work one day and it's like i don't know i didn't have a great day at work so i was like i was just you know, putting the album on i was finishing my notes and i'm like man i was just really vibing with it and i really that's enjoyed great it. that's great yeah i mean that and that song too is is like you know uh it's it's a it's one that like is just a you know i mean it's about just kind of like you know finding your uh find, finding your own way and doing things yourself you know and i mean that's kind of the theme of it uh and you know just kind of again there's there's this it, 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 i don't know it, it wasn't planned but there's this ongoing theme throughout the uh throughout the record that turns up about like water and surfacing and the air you breathe, uh, and, and trying to like get there yourself, you know, and, uh, you know, just even when, when things are just kind of rough, you're just kind of leaning in and just going like, okay, you know, I've got to find my, it, you know, it's about really finding a compass is what it is, you know, and everybody's got to have their true North, I guess, whatever that may be, you know, so that's mine. Right on, right on. No, for no, for sure. Everyone's got to have some type of compass and true north, true north that you know um, that motivates them, uh, yeah, you know, to go forward. So definitely. So now I do just got a few of the few more things to discuss. Then we wrapping this interview up pretty soon. Cool. But I'm curious. So switching over to Fu Manchu for a little bit, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have a favorite Fu Manchu song to perform live? Ooh, uh, wow, that's a hard one. Uh, I mean, I always love, uh, of the more recent stuff, I really like playing, you know, Clone of the Universe. I love that song. Um, I really liked when we were doing uh, the long instrumental, the El Mastro Atomico. I liked that one uh, because that just really, it, it, you know, I listened back to it and uh, I remember when we finished it. And we, and we just, you know, we listened a few days after and after everything was, you know, mixed and mastered and everything and just going, damn, we pulled it off, <laughs> you know? And, uh, so I loved playing that song because it actually like, even though it was very structured 
and parts, there was definitely like, it changed when we played it live. You know, there was, there was parts of it that definitely like, it became a different thing, you know? So I love that. But then like, I love Boogie Van. Uh, I love playing like stuff from the very first record. I love playing like Ojo Rojo and Superbird and, you know, those, those kind of things, you know, because it's, it's cool to be in a band that you were a fan of. And then you have two drummers before me that were so different stylistically, you know, Ruben Romano, uh, you know, was more in a way kind of like a Bill Ward type drummer, you know, and then Brandt of course is just, you know, straight, you know, meat and potatoes. And then I'm kind of all over the place. So it's like, I listen to both of those guys and try and like fit, somewhere in between, you know, and, uh, uh, so it's really cool to play all that stuff. You know, those, those are probably my favorites to play live, you know? Oh, uh, no, you listen some great, great songs. Boogie Van, one of my favorites. So yeah. uh, it, it just, it just killer. It's just killer. Yeah. It's a group. It's a groove, you know? And it's like you, uh, I mean, I really like, uh, I also like to play hung out to dry when we do that because I like to like, just, uh, you know, I, I figured out this thing and I was just, uh, talking to a student about it of just how to kind of like lay a uh, lay a foundation and it's you can you can really change the course of how you know people react to stuff if you just lean a little bit on a certain note and that particular song you know I can do it and I can see people's heads do this and it's kind of like you're kind of a puppet master <laughs> <laughs> so you know that, that, that's I, I like awesome that. The, the that's awesome and you know and the um they have you know just got kind of skill and also to actually that you know it's just work it, it works because human nature for that you know that kind of stuff so that's cool it's funny yeah because you don't you know i remember struggling with that song playing it live and going like how come this doesn't feel like uh it doesn't feel like it does on on the you know the studio version and i'm like we're, we're it's either we're playing it too fast or something and then i realized that it was me and if i just if I kind of leaned the quarter note a little bit on the ride and I slowed it down just a little bit that I just saw people just start doing this. And I'm like, that's it. That's the fucking pocket right there. You know, and that's an overused word. Oh, he's in the pocket. You know, it's like people say that and they don't really know. I think, you know, it's just the pocket is when you move. <laughs> so Exactly. No, it, it is overused, but you know, for that, for your use of it, you're right on point with that. I, I, I try. <laughs> hey, that's all you can do. That's, that's all, all you can do. do. Sometimes you gotta lean it. You know. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, every time I wake up, I'm like, hey, let, let's try today. That's all I say. Uh, yeah, <laughs> try to get down the stairs. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Or just get out of bed. Try yeah, to get out of land, bed. land on the feet. There you exactly. Go. <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, for Fu Manchu, so what are the plans, uh, for the rest of this year, 2023, and how is early 2024 looking like for Fu Manchu? Uh, we're actually we're going in the studio, uh, beginning of November to start the new record. So we basically spent this year, uh, we just you know we have to do this thing where we go like, okay, we're writing. You know, and because we all four of us get in a room together, it's not like somebody comes with this is a song, it's done. Okay. So we get in a room and we work out parts, you know. And um so we've done that. Um it's gonna be a double album. 
so uh we're gonna do you know not sort of the traditional double album we have kind of an idea for it uh at least it's i mean it'll be a double vinyl uh and we we're, we're gonna try to do some stuff that's a little bit uh dare i say weirder than what we've done before uh but without straying too far from what you know we we all like and kind of what makes people like us i guess I really don't know what makes people like us. It's a mystery. <laughs> I mean, I have an idea, but you can never, you know, you can never second guess that. So yeah, we're going in the studio beginning of November. That's happening. Uh, I believe we're doing a, uh, we're actually doing a show um, on October 22nd. It's a tribute to a friend of ours that passed away named uh, O, Otis Bartholomew. He was a big fixture in the San Diego music scene. Big fixture uh, in punk rock uh there's pictures of him in the audience at the cuckoo's nest here in costa mesa uh when black flag played there back in the 80s i mean you everybody knew oh he was just you know his friends with pearl jam friends with uh blink you know friends with whoever you know he just guitars and i mean he actually gave he's the guy who came up with the name jacket thief because there was an incident where he thought i stole his jacket so that's what he called me for ever <laughs> and uh and so he passed uh, beginning of this year, unfortunately. And so we're doing a tribute show to him on October 22nd in San Diego. And um, then we are doing the, I think it's called the Suburban Clampdown uh, with the Adolescent Seven Seconds Garden Grove Amphitheater, December 1st. And then we have a show in January, I think here at Costa Mesa, probably another one uh, right after that maybe a desert show. And then when the record comes out, we'll be doing the, you know, European festivals and uh, USA stuff, most likely because of the way the touring is now, we're being so fragmented and uh, just the way things need to go. I mean, it's probably going to stretch, I would imagine, into the next year, you know. Yeah, so, probably with, with how everything's have, going, uh, yeah. We have some reissues coming out at the beginning of the year. I think we're reissuing... Uh, actually, this year, I think we may be reissuing the live record, Go For It Live. And uh, and then we have a thing that we're doing with uh, with all of the 10 inches, uh, where that's been resequenced into an album. And we're going to be releasing that. And that's a cool record store day thing uh, for Europe, actually. But we'll have it in the States, too. Kind of a special thing that we put together. And, you know, we didn't want to just go, here's all three of them in order. We kind of resequenced them so it's like an album. And it flows with the covers and stuff, and so it's it's pretty, it's pretty gnarly. There's there'll be a lot of music from us like in the next uh, few months, and then the Sun and Sail Club is doing a record as well right now. Tony's just finishing vocals on that, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's it's all sort of you know coalescing at the same time. No, it definitely is. I know, yeah, definitely uh, keeping you busy for sure uh with everything but uh definitely look forward to uh the more more new music and uh hope we see you live at some point i think it'll be awesome yeah yeah uh that's you know hopefully uh i can get my act together or get the act together hey we're getting the act together man and uh <laughs> and uh yeah just, i mean it'd be nice to go out and have a uh, um you know get four guys that i know and play and uh just have some people that can stretch and actually you know I mean, shit, if I got to stand up there with a guitar and sing, you know, uh, I got to learn some stuff. <laughs> so learn, learn to control the nervous sphincter while you're on stage. Oh, wait, that's that set went by like that, man. Oh, OK. 
<laughs> no, definitely for sure. For I got sure. I got to find somebody who can play drums slow, because <laughs> if they're like kicking me in the ass, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, man, chill. we gotta we gotta stretch all this material." So, yeah, you, you can't I'm, play guitar. You can't play guitar and drums at the same time. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do. I don't want to play the drums and sing either, because you know, I mean, this stuff kind of requires that you you belt some stuff, you know. And yeah. so I just, you know, when you're sitting down and you're drumming, it's like. I, I people I see people that sit down and record vocals and I'm like you're compressing the diaphragm where you got to sing from and I'm like that doesn't seem to work but I don't know some people do it well so no it depends on someone's body type but, I mean normally yes it does it it, it it compresses everything you know together so you don't get as much airflow but if yeah. it works for some people it works yeah as a friend of mine was uh, fond of saying to each his own or someone else's bitch <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to start using that. That's good. That was, That's a good that line. Was, oh, that was oh, that was one of his one of his sayings. He he had a list of it a list of uh, just stuff. He would walk in there. How you doing? Oh, just a fat guy looking for a slice of cheese. You know, I mean, it's. I, I hope somebody puts puts them all. There's a lot of them that are very NPC. So I'd be like, all right, right on, dude. And only he could get away with it. You know, this guy's a legend. Uh, I, I hope there's a list that's out there somewhere because those, there, those there sound is. awesome. It's been, it's been circulating amongst us, and we and like we're, we're reading some of the stuff, and I'm like, damn, he actually would say that, wouldn't he? Damn. You know? so, and, and how would you respond to some of the non PC stuff? You, I, you just you you got to laugh, man. That's what you got to do. You know, you just got to <laughs> laugh and just you know anything. I think anything's funny as long as you're not an ass. You know, and true. You know, we're all assholes, so <laughs> that's, you know, what are you going to do? You got to laugh, you know, treat, exactly. treat people good and, you know, have a laugh. Exactly. Exactly. I like that. I like that. And yeah. I think that it's a good way as we're starting to close out this interview. Um, so real quick, like um, if anyone's interested, uh, like what are the best places to find uh, Jacket Thief online? Uh, well, the, the vinyl is for sale uh, at Bandcamp. Um, you can get it through me. Uh, the signed copies are pretty much gone, but there are some that are left for the USA only. And then uh, the rest of the world is cargo music. And then it's on, you know, every streaming platform in the universe that you can listen to. Uh, you know, buy it if you can. Keep it in your phone. Uh, share the music. You know, let people know about it. And uh yeah, I'd like people to listen to it all the way through, but one song at a time, three songs, I don't care. <laughs> right so it's, it's out there, though. It's everywhere. I'm very good. I will leave some links uh, for you and Jagged Thief in the description of this podcast. Please check out and support Scott. Thank you so much uh, for uh, hanging out with me. I had a fantastic time chatting with you. Cool, man. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for being my, uh, my coffee accompaniment this morning. <laughs> hey, no problem. No problem. Always a pleasure. Uh, for Scott Raider of Jagged Thief, I'm your host always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Super Cool Radio. And remember, stay frosty. Uh, stay frosty. <laughs>